want to welcome you back today. Today would be our regular Thursday Bible study, if we were in church. But today's study lesson is going to be study number 11, God's plan for prosperity. Now, the moment that the word prosperity is mentioned, especially today, it just rings all kinds of bells and whistles, and it sets off all kinds of things in people's mind. The grasping and understanding of the concept of prosperity has been so westernized that uh, immediately you only prosper if you have money, quote unquote. But if we look at from the Old Testament all the way through the Scripture and the New Testament, we're going to discover several things. God wants to bless His people. That doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is going to be a billionaire or a millionaire and everyone is going to be driving a Rolls Royce. But it means that God has got to channel through the life of believers promotions and all kinds of honors to bring His people to a place where they have been faithful and they are faithful when it comes to supporting and giving to the work of God whether it's through so-called tithes or whether it's through offerings, uh, generous giving, uh, endowments, uh, whatever you want to call it, God is looking for people that will be faithful in helping spread the news of the gospel to the world. It costs money to buy airtime on TV or on radio. It costs money to have campaigns and crusades overseas. They, they don't give you that airtime free. They don't give you uh, those places, especially if they are owned by individuals that are not saved and are sinners. And even then, if they were owned by people that are saved, many times they still have bills and expenses that they need to cover. So God is looking for people that are willing to take what He has given them and they in turn be able to use it to further the gospel and the message of the kingdom of our Lord and our Savior. There's quite a number of things involved in it and today we're going to look at it from the concept and from the point of view that God says in Matthew chapter 63 6 verse 33 but seek Ye first the kingdom of God. Right there is the key. If you're not willing to seek, that means you put the effort for, to search for. That means setting time apart with God. Setting time apart with His Word. Setting time apart with other believers. Setting time apart with the Holy Spirit to guide and lead you. It has to be first, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, the king, not the kingdoms of this world, not the money, not the riches, not the position, not the job, not the education, but the kingdom of God. The one that we mention in our prayer when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That kingdom, the kingdom that is invisible to the naked eye, but is visible in the Word of God. It's visible when the Holy Spirit brings light and truth 
to that word and the reality of it is brought to our hearts and we begin to fulfill what it says in the book of John in chapter 3 verse 3, 4, 5 and 6 that we must be born again because if we cannot be born again, not of flesh and blood, but be born again of the spirit and of water, we can neither see nor enter in to that kingdom while we are alive and living on this earth. I'm not talking about when you die and you enter into the kingdom, but while you're here. Once you're up there, you're of no use down here. It's while you have lived out your life here that all things make sense. And it is only through your human body and life that you have lived out here that God is going to use as an instrument to be able to accomplish the purposes and the plans that he has both set for his kingdom and for your life. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Very important word there. His righteousness, his right standing with him. This involves everything from having a sin conscience erased, having a right standing in our prayer life with him. And then when we do those two things, those two things, seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, that all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Well, if you were to look at the previous verses, it's talking about all the things that the Gentiles and all the nations of the world and all the people of the world seek after, whether it's food, whether it's clothing, whether it's money, whether it's riches, whether it's power. They're seeking for those things. But we're told not to seek for those things, but to seek first the kingdom of God. And second, seek his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. It's interesting that in the Old Testament, that the scripture talks about when he blessed David, and he blessed David to such a degree that he gave him the kingdom, and he gave him riches, and he gave him wealth, and he gave him all these things. And God said, and if this wouldn't have been enough, I would have given you such and such. Well, that's what we find here. That when we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, he will give us such and such things will be added to our lives as we need them. Why would God want to give us an airplane unless you intended to fly around the world and preach the gospel, not fly, not fly around the world on vacation. So that's why you most likely don't have a plane. But God gives you what he gives you, such and such, because it's part of not only his good and loving nature, but it's also part of his plan to be able to have this gospel preach, for you to be a partaker and fulfill his purposes in and through your life in being one of those individuals that has the gospel of Jesus Christ taken around the world because of your faithfulness and your giving in the different areas where he has blessed you, the different abilities, the different promotions, the different things that he has accomplished.
therein is a true prosperity that God enables you to be abundant in the things that you need for your own life, for your own family, for your own home, or for your own business. But then he gives you such and such more that you're able to share with the needy, with the hungry, with the homeless. You're able to bless the work of God outside your Jerusalem, outside your Judea, outside your Samaria. You're able to impact even to the uttermost parts of the world, helping other individuals, helping them in what they're going through, helping them in taking the good news of the gospel of Jesus in accomplishing things, and many times joining forces together with other people, other ministries, to help and to be able to fulfill some of these things. So seek ye first, you have to seek. It is not an automatic thing. It is a volitional thing. It includes your will. You have to act out of your will to search first the kingdom of God. And first means prioritizing what is important. And the most important thing in your life, other than first being born again into the kingdom, is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not your job, not who you marry, but seeking first the kingdom because therein you will find out what the will and purposes of God are for your life. And if you're off track and you're going in the wrong direction, anything and everything that you do will be outside of God's will for you. How can you expect God to bless you? How can you expect God to give you if you're going to use it upon your own selfish needs or for your own selfish purposes? God gives you enough to supply your needs. As Paul says in the book of Philippians, he says, My, my, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever the need is, but sometimes we confuse what a need is and what a want is. And we have to be able to distinguish the difference in God through his word. And in seeking him and his kingdom and his righteousness, we're able to discover what the difference is. I'll have more to say concerning these things. As we continue to read in the scripture, let's begin with Abraham. Well, we could even go as far back as with Adam when God blessed them both and said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. God's blessing was upon them. Of course, we know that they fell and the ground was cursed and the woman uh, was cursed for childbirth and the serpent was cursed and man was cursed, uh, have to work by the sweat of his brow. But that does not mean that God quit blessing people. God was still looking for people that he could bless that would be able to take forth whatever his purposes and intentions were for that age, for that era, for that group of people, for that nation, for whatever individuals were involved. And it says in Genesis 14, verse 19, And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Ab A Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Did you hear that? God is the possessor of heaven and earth. This earth doesn't belong to man. This earth doesn't belong to the devil either. 
This earth belongs to God. It's his. He created it. Just like he created the heavens and they are his also. He blessed. He said, and blessed be the most high God, which has delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him the tithe of all. Now, there are opposing camps. Those that say we're not under the law to give tithe, we shouldn't have to pay tithe. There are those that make it mandatory to pay tithe. We have to understand that Abraham was not under the law. Moses had not even given the law yet. This was not going to take place until 400 plus years later. But yet a principle of shadows and types is demonstrated in the Old Testament of the reality of things that would be in the New Testament. So Abraham gave tithes of all he had to this mysterious individual Melchizedek, King of Salaam or King of Peace. That was his title. And he gave of what he had, of the spoils of war, he gave of what he had, of all that God had increased in his life. And because of that, this man blessed Abraham. Now this mysterious man, we can go on and try to imagine who he was, where he came from, and speculate on all kinds of things. But right now we want to talk about the message of God's plan of prosperity, of God's plan of blessing His children to fulfill His will and purposes. God does not make you rich or give you riches so you can self-indulge, but He gives it to you so that you can be one of those individuals that will help further and advance the work and the kingdom of God on this earth. Heaven doesn't need our money. In fact, heaven, the streets are lined and paved with gold. Why he should he, he she, why should he even need these things? He doesn't. But there are principles that are backed up in the word of God. That if we live by them and we walk in them, God has promised to fulfill in his people the necessary things to bring to pass what is needful for that will to be accomplished in whatever person that he is going to use. The Bible says in Genesis 28:20, 20, And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. It sounds like the book of Matthew, the verse. We're going to continue to part number two. So if you'll just uh, listen to the next section and then we'll have part three and part four.